Good morning, buenos dias, bonjour. Welcome to Middle. I am going to raise my hands and I'm going to say when the repetitive part comes that you join me. 
God, creator, we worship you today in unity and in truth. Say with me, increase our faith. God, life giver, thank you for grace and mercy. Say with me, guide our humility. God, our way maker, we come to you with our trials and testimonies. Everyone say with me, maintain our hope. God, our redeemer, we come to you with our calm and our chaos. Say with me, expand our love. God, our sustainer, we come to you with a willingness to be community and communion. And the church says, amen. 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 God bless you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Middle Church. My name is Amanda. I use she, her pronouns. And on behalf of the Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis, our senior pastor and the consistory here, we are so glad that for whatever reason you chose to wake up today and come be with us here at Middle Church. A warm welcome also to everyone who is watching online. We're a little jealous because it's kind of cold and dreary outside, but we're glad that you're there wherever you are also. Uh, today we are still in the middle of Latinx Culture and Heritage Month, and today is World Communion Sunday, so it is a wonderful day to be in the house of God. Is anyone with us today for the very first time? If so, would you just raise your hand so we can say hello to you? Welcome. Well, keep your hands raised if you don't mind so we can pass you out a card to stay connected to us. Where are you all visiting from? From France, welcome. And back right here? 
Also France, okay? Bonjour, everyone. Astoria, Queens. Anybody else? Yeah. Italy, welcome. Where? Gramercy. That's close, yeah, that's good. Anybody in the balcony? We're so glad that you all are here and hope that you can find ways to stay connected to us. There are many things happening that you can look at um, here on the screens behind me this week. I will highlight a couple of things. Um, first of all, today, we uh, have the privilege of participating in an interfaith play date with our East Village multi-faith partners. We will be at the Bhakti Center today. If you would like, meet me in the social hall at 1.15 and I will walk a group over, or you can meet at the Bhakti Center at 1.30. Uh, more details and the address for the Bhakti Center are in your bulletin. Um, also today at two o'clock, Chad will be leading a blessing of the animals on our front steps. So bring all your animals, keep them outside, but bring them all and meet Chad uh, on the front steps for a beautiful blessing of our animals. Um, also, on Tuesday this week, we know that the Supreme Court is going to be undergoing three hearings that relate to potential discrimination for our LGBTQ plus siblings. We are holding that with you all. We are, have our hands on the ground and listening to what's happening in New York, should things go poorly. Housing Works, our partners here in the city, are also sending buses down, free of charge. So if you would like to go down and be in D.C. on Tuesday, that information was included in the email that Jackie sent on Friday, or you can see me afterwards and I can make sure you can get to D.C. if you'd like to go and stand and bear witness to God's love to all of our family on Tuesday. As we continue to worship, I will pass the microphone to Chad. Good morning. So grateful to be with you as we celebrate everything going on in the life of our community, as we grieve and hold darker spaces with everything going on in our world. Now is the time in our worship when we gather together in prayer as a community, and if you're with us online, you're a part of this community, and you're a part of this prayer. Let's start with a moment of silence, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Let us pray. Holy One, in your power, in your justice, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Hear the cries of our earth, of your mountains, of your oceans, of your melting icebergs, of your abundant rain clouds. Hear the cries of your multiplying fish, of your endangered birds. Hear the cries of your regions and peoples suffering in the wake of hurricanes and other disasters. Holy One, shelter us in your care and protection. Awaken us to all the cries of your creation and empower us to alter the course of climate change. In the spirit of Francis of Assisi, remind us that we belong to your creation and that you have entrusted us, humanity, with a special responsibility to care for the earth. Holy One, hear the cries of the nations, of nations in revolution, of nations at war. Hear the cries of governments in conflict, including here in the United States, in Hong Kong, and in Iraq. 
Watch over governmental leaders around the world, especially the justices of the US Supreme Court, as they consider the rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning people. Holy One, hear the cries of people at odds, of people who refuse to listen to each other. Holy One, connect us in peace, connect us in truth, even when the truth is difficult to hear. Connect us in understanding. Help us be more compassionate listeners. Give us patience to work through disagreements. Give us joy to celebrate new understandings and new relationships. As we celebrate World Communion Sunday, and as our Jewish siblings celebrate the High Holidays, remind us that we belong to your world and through your spirit, you call us to unite with communities around the globe. And, O oh Holy One, hear the cries of our people, of our friends whose joys and concerns are voiced in the prayer corner in the bulletin. Hear the cries of our strangers whose cries have yet to be heard, of families in grief and in pain, of people in trouble, of people in need, including all who are hungry, sick, dying, lonely, unemployed and underemployed, including all who are wrestling with addiction, depression, mental illness. Holy One, comfort us, heal us, guide us, support us, offer us a special blessing, a special blessing to deepen our trust in you, and to renew our hope for the days to come. Remind us that we belong to each other. Remind us that we belong to you. Holy One, in your power, in your justice, in your mercy, hear our prayers, answer them according to your will, and make us channels of your infinite grace. Amen. Now, dear friends, I invite you to stand, rise in body or spirit, to join hands as you feel called to do so, and join us as we pray out loud together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. There's an inclusive version printed in our bulletin, and of course, you are free to pray in whatever language and whatever version you feel called to pray this morning. Let us pray. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name, your reign and time of prayer, we're reminded of the peace that God gives us, and we're called to share that peace with one another. Please share a sign of God's peace. Peace be with you.
Good morning, Middle. It's now afternoon. <laughs> As you're taking your seats, I want to invite you to help me welcome Alexandra Candelaria Rivera from the American Musical Dramatic Academy. She's a graduate and a student of mine. I love her. I think you're going to love her too. And this is Guadalupe and Eric helping us out with Dion. Yep. Straighten the spine, 
Smile for the neighbors, everything's fine, everything's cool. The standard reply, lots of tests, lots of papers. Smile, wave goodbye, and pray to the sky. Oh God, and what will my parents say? Can I go in there and say, I know that I'm letting you down? Nina, Good afternoon. So I'll be reading from Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and Habakkuk 2, verses 1 through 4, from the New Revised Standard Version. And so it reads, the oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw, the prophet's complaint. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? Or will you not listen? Or cry to you, violence? and you will not save. Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. And Habakkuk 2 verses one through four is God's reply to the prophet's complaint. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that the runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It surely will come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. And that's the reading of the word for the people of the word. Grace be the word. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Will you say a word of prayer with me, please? Eternal God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we ask, Holy One, as we seek to hear a word from you, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What a week it has been. We lost two heroes, my heroes, anyway, we lost Diane Carroll, 
We showed a little black girl that black folks could be on television and be beautiful to breast cancer. And we lost Diva Jessie Norman to a spinal injury, only 74 years old. God bless her. Their bodies failed them and they died. But we also lost lots of people this week to violence. In New York on the weekend, five homeless men were beaten by another homeless man with a bat-sized metal rod while they were sleeping, beaten to death for no apparent reason except sport. Even though we feel a little bit of justice maybe was done as the police officer who shot Botham John was convicted and given a 10-year sentence, the man who helped convict her, the man who testified against her, was shot to death outside, outside of his car, shot in the mouth and shot in the chest. We don't know why, but it looks like some kind of retaliation. Lord have mercy. And then, last night or early this morning, nine people were shot in a nightclub in Kansas City. Four of them are dead. Five of them have been hospitalized. What in the hell is going on? That kind of violence, that kind of senseless violence just rocks our souls. We can't catch our breath. We feel so undone. And those are just the things that we know about. Those are just the things that have been reported. Those are the things on my Twitter feed. But even though it's out of the news, children are still in cages. Even though it's out of the news, they're still being warehoused. Families are still separated. The government is still making money on the backs of immigrants. They're still African-American and brown people languishing in jail because they had weed in the car with unjust sentences. There are still schools being built in the Bronx. I mean, the expectation that those students will be the future prison population. There's still a cradle-to-prison pipeline. And in the midst of all of that, there's also just people we love have passed on and they were our soulmate. And we don't know how we're going to make it without them. It's still true that our grandmothers passed on. Our sick child is still sick. Our relationship is crumbling. Our love life is sad. Our employment is not enough to pay our bills. That craziness and then our individual sorrows and sadnesses. I've never taken LSD, but it felt like it this week when I used an inhaler to try to work on my allergies, and I was altered, could not talk because of something that went wrong in the medicine and, and the way it re reacted to my body. You, each of you, in your own spaces, with your family concerns, with your concerns about how to be close to the people that you love, all of us are bearing these burdens in this time and space. And so I've been feeling a little bit like Habakkuk this week, this little-known prophet, 
Most of us only know five or six words from his text, the righteous will live by faith. We know that because Paul says it in Romans chapter 1. But here he is, this minor prophet who, unlike other prophets, who will take on the voice of God, who will speak on behalf of God, thus says the Lord, just thus says God, and speak a word of critique and punishment or hope to God's people from God. Habakkuk takes on a different tone, a different voice. He speaks on behalf of the people, on behalf of the voiceless, on behalf of the grieving, the vulnerable, the ones who are struggling to make meaning of what is happening, what, why is it happening. And he's speaking on behalf of the, of the people. He calls the righteous ones. He's speaking on behalf of the people against what he calls the wickedness. The wicked is the raza in Hebrew. He's calling the righteous ones, the, the zedekah, the children, the vulnerable, the, the ones who are trying to make ends meet, the ones who are struggling to make meaning of loss and death. He calls them the righteous, and he speaks on behalf of them and sort of takes God on and like, a, like God's on trial. How long, oh God... You heard Vanessa read so beautifully. How long, God, will you sit there and let this stuff happen? How long, God, will you be silent while the wicked hurt the vulnerable? Will the, while the unrighteous wage war, how long will you watch as time and time again my people are defeated in battle? this time by the Chaldeans. How long, God, will you sit still and do nothing? I want to just tell you now that Habakkuk is using a rhetorical device when he's yelling at God and saying, how long will you wait? Just hang on for the end of this. But he's protesting on behalf of the weak ones the twisting and bending and perversion of justice. He's protesting on behalf of the, the weak ones, the corruption that he finds inside the Judean government. So he's got a complaint about war that keeps being waged, about international politics that leaves his people, the Judean people, weak. He's got a complaint about the corrupt government that runs his people. He's got a complaint about a king named uh, Jehoiakim who who preys on the weak and, and, and has them build temples and palaces and hotels so that he can stuff his coffers. He, he, he has a complaint about the, the unjust king who, who pays off law enforcement officials to make sure that they use violence to keep the people in place. He has a complaint about the unjust king who who solicits interference from outside entities to find dirt on his opponents. Oh, oh, this is what the text says, people. <laughs> he has a complaint about the king who traffics in lawlessness, who declares bankruptcy rather than paying his bills. He has a complaint about the king who will do anything wreak any violence to keep his place of power. A king who traffics in strife and contention at the hands of an unjust legal system. 
judges being paid off, Supreme Court justices no longer neutral, but enacting a political agenda. I'm talking about what the text says. Habakkuk takes on the voice of the poor, the disenfranchised, the victims of marginalization and abuse. He stands on behalf of them and accuses God of being silent. How long, O oh God, will you let injustice reign? Habakkuk is wrestling with what we would call theodicy. How can a just God let an unjust world stay unjust? How can a loving God allow acts of unlovingness happen to God's people? That's Habakkuk's question. It's my question, and maybe it's your question too. We're not always feeling brave and courageous like we can put our hands on our hips and say, what's up, God? What are you doing? But Habakkuk does it on behalf of them and on behalf of us. He turns a faithful and prophetic eye not only on the international geopolitical situation of his time. He turns a prophetic and critical eye not only on the government of his people and its king, but he also turns a prophetic and critical eye on the individual suffering of the folks. He's got the on-the-down individual view and the big global view and is saying, God, what are you up to? And I told you to hang on because, because Habakkuk is using a rhetorical device. This is a man of profound faith. He believes that God is the God of his individual knee aches, his arthritis, and his gaining weight. He believes that God is the God of his personal relationships, that God is God over his breakups and his makeups. He believes that God is the God over loss and mourning and hope and deliverance. He believes that God is the God of his individual struggles and sorrows and the God of the unjust king and the God of the international intrigue. He believes God is God down here and up here yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so he believes the answer to the question, how long is just you wait? The text says, in answer to, to Habakkuk's, God, what's wrong with you? Habakkuk stands over here and answers the question. God says back, write the vision and make it plain. You write my vision and make it plain. Make it so plain, so clear, that when you write it down and you run through the streets with it, the people are going to be able to read it and know that I am God all the time. Write my vision and make it plain so that it can be so clear to people. This vision may look like it's not coming, but it is sure enough coming. It looks like it's tearing, it looks like it's late, but be patient because it is going to show up. And then Habakkuk goes on to say, the righteous one will live by faith. At a, at, a, at a simple reading, you, you, we might be thinking, okay, here's how we're going to survive the unknown. Here's how we're going to survive our personal problems and the problems of the world. Our faith is going to save us. Our faith is going to save us. But then that actually makes it all about us. 
If I have enough faith, it'll be a magic wand. If I have enough faith, it'll be a shield. If I have enough faith, it'll be a cloak. It'll be a superpower. If I have enough faith, I can manage God. Then when things go askew, we did it. We did it. We didn't pray hard enough. We, and if we fix it, we did it. If it's wrong, we did it. If it's right, we did it. But actually, Habakkuk is using a word there that's anuma is the word in Hebrew. And it's not actually faith. It's more like fidelity or loyalty or steadfastness. And so he's saying the righteous one will live by the steadfastness of God. Or the righteousness will live by the faith we have in the faithfulness of God. God's faithfulness is what saves us. God is true to God's promise. God does not fail our promise. God keeps her promises. God can be counted on to comfort us when we're lost, to find us when we're missing in action, to hold us individually and our world together. And Habakkuk is saying, God will use all the things all the things, the personal struggles, the losses, the things that leave us vulnerable, the things that make us afraid, God will use all the things to turn us toward God. God will use all of the things to make us vulnerable, to have us feel vulnerable so that we can rely on God and rely on each other. Do not think I'm saying God kills the homeless people on the street to have an impact on us. I am saying the God of Habakkuk, the God of, the God of Habakkuk's faith is the God who can turn the tragedy into something that strengthens us, that can turn the hurt into something that grows a muscle of compassion in us. The God can redeem us even when we think there is no way out of it. I don't always feel confident in that. Can I say that, professional Christian that I am? I get paid to preach faith. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and every now and then I need a reminder. I need someone to tell me, though it looks like God's vision isn't coming. It actually is here, residing inside of us in plain sight. Don't you know God is able? Don't you know God can feed the hungry and clothe the naked? Don't you know God is able to light the way in the darkness, to smash open the sea and take us into liberty? I need somebody to remind me. Sometimes when my head is bowed, when I don't feel confident, when I feel hurt and sad and overwhelmed, I need somebody to remind me, somebody to say, that vision is real, it's here, it's now, it's happening. And to remind me what C.S. Lewis said is that God has God's unbounded now to answer our prayers. God has God's Kairos time to fix what's broken in the world. Come on, God is on the move and just because we can't quantify it or qualify it doesn't mean it's not happening. I need somebody sometimes to tell me 
that when my body's failing me, when the grief I feel about my mom's death just kicks me once again in the gut, in the middle of like, just the most disgusting political environment that I could ever imagine, that God is still God. And I think we're called to live in between time faith. This is about eschatological hope. This is about hope that we can't taste and necessarily see today, but hope that's coming tomorrow, that's right on the horizon, that God is on the move and it's coming. We're called to in-between time faith, to write the vision in-between time, to testify to each other, to comfort each other, to remind each other, to hold each other, to hold up the vision when the other one can't see it. In the first worship, Carol, where's Bicky? I said I wasn't going to say her name. I'm sorry, Carol. Um, a woman who goes to church here <laughs> told me a story about how at work she's watching a film that's about sexual boundaries. You know those films you watch to make sure you're going to be okay. And embedded in the film is racism and sexism. And she could see it. Like she could see it in plain sight because she knows the vision God has. You see what I'm saying? Ruby Sales can only be my mentor because she wasn't lynched by a white man who tried to kill her and another white man jumped in the way of the bullets. Ruby Sales has the ability, the, 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 the right, she has the right to hate white people. And she does not. She says the love we're called to, the redemptive relationship we're called to, the vision that God has before us is to see even our enemies as better than they see themselves. Do you know what I'm saying? I think we're called to write the vision in the in-between times. And that might be praying fervently. That might be heading down to Washington, D.C. to remind SCOTUS of its real job. That might be mentoring a kid. That might be taking care of each other when we're sad but we're called to in-between time faith. To faith in the faithfulness of the God who created us, who loves us just exactly as we are, no matter who we love, no matter how we look, that God is on the move. That God will not fail us. She will show up. And when you're unsure, I'll try to remind you. And when I'm unsure, please hold my hand and say a prayer. Amen. in between times is this ritual we enact. We reenact this ritual as our, our Jewish family is celebrating the high holy days. Shana Tova to all of you in the room that are Jewish and happy new year. And they're in a time of atonement, of thinking about the ways they want to return their lives back to God. We come to this table to rewrite that vision, to write the vision of God's exodus love, God's liberating love for all of God's people. And we remember that Jesus is Jewish. 
and that at every Shabbat, at every Passover, Jesus would break bread with his friends and say, this, this is kind of like my body, broken for you, given for you. Whenever you break it, do so remembering me and the vision of a healed and whole world. Afterwards, in the same way, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in me. Every time you drink it, do so and remember me. Remember who I am and remember who you are in me. As we continue to celebrate Latinx History Month, the Jewish Jesus, lots of folks around the Mediterranean Sea, and our Latinx friends often take bread and dip it in cup. And so we're going to do communion by intinction today. All is ready. Our team will be here for you to take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup and take communion that way. And unleavened bread in Mexico is tortillas. So please come and participate in communion in this way.
Good morning, middle. My name is Graham Bridgman. My pronouns are he and him, and I'm a deacon here at Middle Church. Uh, and it is my deep pleasure today, as Jackie is naming that vision that's here and now and happening, to tell you some amazing news about the life of this church. As you know, every year we have an offering goal. This year it's $875,000 as we're on our way to fully funding our programming here. And we just finished our first quarter and we raised 93% of our first quarter goal, y'all. That's amazing. Your gifts and pledges are $203,000 towards our goal and that is just tremendous. So thank you so, so much, all of you, for the way that you faithfully show up for this work. Um, since we're now into quarter two, I'm also here to tell you that our next goal by December 31st is $437,000, which will be half of our budget for the year, which is awesome. Uh, there are a couple ways that you can be involved in that. Obviously, if you are already giving in either a recurring online way or you put money in the plate, thank you so much. If you put money in the plate, I would really encourage you to use an envelope like this just because it lets me say thank you to you. Uh, I'm always happy to see you and I'm... I just want to be, we want to be able to say thank you. The other thing, and this is only going on for a couple weeks, so I want you to know about it, is this form that's in your bulletins. Uh, it's a pledge form, and all this is, is that we know a lot of you uh, have plans for your money, you think about when it's gonna happen, and if you just wanna tell us kind of what you think your plan is, that helps us look towards the future, because we know here that justice is not a one-time thing. Justice is a thing that we have to show up for every day and in community. Uh, and as, as Jackie also said in her sermon, this is work that we're called to do together. We're called to make it plain. So I just want to encourage you that as you're thinking about giving here, as you're thinking about supporting, this is not just something that you do for you. When you make it plain, you're making it plain for the person sitting next to you. You're helping that person see God. You're helping us all see God, and you're making possible the work of justice that God has called us to do together. So let's worship God with the giving of our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray. Ever-loving and holy one, what a world you have entrusted to us to take care of with you. For these gifts that were given today, some in plain sight and some in heart only, we give you thanks. We ask that you bless these gifts now and multiply them for your good use in ways beyond our imaginations. In your holy and loving name we pray, amen. amen. This music was gorgeous. How many people have a choir that can sing Verdi and West Side Story and In the Heights and, and Set Down Serving? My goodness. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. Thank you, Tammy. That was awesome. And we have some special guests in the room. Uh, members of our Young Adult Leadership Lab are here in church. We're so glad you're here. 16 of them learning about how to run the world. So we're glad you're here. Um, let me say to you, uh, I don't know all of the things that are going on in your lives, but I know it's going on. I know it's going on. And I think the prophet Habakkuk wants us to know that God's vision for all of us, no matter how we look, no matter how we make a living, honestly, no matter how faithful we are or how good we are, God's vision for us is a healed and whole humanity. All of us reconciled to each other. All of us reconciled to the earth. All of us loving on each other and loving on our God. That's the vision. And it doesn't so much depend on us. It depends on God. I think our part of it, I think our part is to keep reminding each other of that. That God is love and God wants love for us. That God wants us whole. That God wants the world whole. Individual, collective wholeness. Our job is to keep saying it to each other, to make it plain to each other, to make it plain to each other. That's our job. And that means acting a certain kind of way and being a certain kind of way and 
whispering prayers to each other and holding each other up and going to work for justice and changing the story with our television and singing the Lord's song in a strange land, it does mean something about how we be because we believe the vision. It's just so much right now, right? But, it, but God's here, and she's not going anywhere. So, like, live that way. That's my blessing. Live that way. Live as though God is, because God is. Amen.